people and to be more like him and, uh, and then to take who he is and to use that to serve into the world. And so we're looking at this beautiful truth of um, unity and diversity. I'm not clicking, I'm clicking, but nothing's happening. Off, on, click. Hmm. I need power. This is going to work great because this will fit right into the illustration. Oh, amen. So we're uh, celebrating unity and diversity. And uh, the passage today is having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service, then in serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So this is this beautiful passage that talks about these gifts and celebrating unity in diversity. And I, there it is. There it is. All right. I knew I had it somewhere. Celebrating unity in diversity. And so this is our part three of serve. And it's interesting because if I looked at this and we've been really thinking about it, and this may be a minor point, but I think it's kind of significant in that we can celebrate unity and diversity, but, but truthfully, in some ways, we need to celebrate the diversity that comes in our unity. Because in some ways, our unity comes first. And, and, and because as we come to a place where we trust Christ as our Savior, we're brought into the body of Christ and we're brought into that oneness with others. And so it begins with that unity, and then it's the diversity that comes into that. So it's kind of semantics. But there's this beautiful truth of this unity that comes from diversity and this diversity that comes in unity. Now, I brought some illustrations here that I think will help us as we begin to think about about this. Bethany shared a scripture that talked about, about Jesus building the church and, and building the house, and the house is the church. And so this is not the church, um, but rather this is an illustration. This is a birdhouse I made. And, um, and, and so how many of you have ever made a birdhouse? All right, great. Okay, super. Tim asked me what kind of birds, you know, because apparently the size hole you drill has to do with how many or what type of bird you'll attract. And so he said, what's this birdhouse for? And I said, that's just the bit I had. So there was no science that went into that at all. But, but as we look at this house and we realize that when we see a house like this, we realize it didn't just happen, somebody built it, okay? Somehow, some way, this came into being, and so it was built, it was made, and uh, so as I built this, there were several tools that I needed to use to build this, and, and those tools I, I brought up here so that, so that you could see what those tools look like. And, and so, you know, I have things like, like I have a sander here, orbital sander to make sure it's nice and smooth. I have a belt sander for some of the major places that needed, you know, because I don't always cut exactly where I'm supposed to, but this tool comes in really handy when that happens. And, and I have my screws and my drill bits. I have, you know, a drill. I have my tape measure, which is really important to, to get that. And I have, I have my, my speed square and, and, and my power miter saw. And so all of these tools together were used to build this house. And, it, and it's, it's really kind of interesting because, you know, I have, I have this screwdriver here, and, and this screwdriver works really good, and, and you know, but it, it takes a little bit of effort. And so I have this, 
this drill also works as a screwdriver. And so when it came time to, to put the screws in, I was really glad I had this because, you know, it goes much faster, right? You know? And, and it's amazing. And, and, you know, because this one is way too cumbersome and, and burdensome, so I like to use this one, right? And, and so then I have um, this power saw, but, but, I, but I also have this hand saw, okay? And I, and I like to use this one, too. And, and so as you look at this and you think about this, now, when I was doing this, what did you think? Huh? What'd you think? Turn it on, dummy? Who, who thought that? All right, yeah, okay, good. It's, it's okay, we're a small group here. It's, it's all good. Yeah, turn it on, right? It's, there's power to be had here. And if you turn it on, whoa, it lights up and everything. See that? It's, it's, it makes an amazing difference when you turn this on. And, and, and it's, it's interesting because... Even, even this, this has a cord that lets you know that there's a power source that's involved with this. And so as you plug this in and you turn this on, I was going to do that, but I thought probably better not. And, and as, you, as you see this, my ability to get this thing to go through a piece of wood without the power would be like ludicrous to even try. And so as we look at spiritual gifts, which is what we're looking at today, what we're really looking at is the idea that the spiritual gifts are given to us and they're the tools that God uses to build the church. They're the tools that God uses to build the church. And the tools that he uses to build the church, he gives to each person who has come to a saving knowledge of Christ. And not only that, but he uses those gifts to build the tools as well. Now, the interesting thing about this is the only way that these tools work to build this house is if they submit to my authority. Okay, so say I get the tape measure out and I mark it down, I get the pencil and I put the line, and then I pick up the speed square and the speed square says, I don't feel like doing that. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to go on the wood. I'm, no, no. I'm just, right? Or, or I turn the drill on and it says, "Nah, I'm not really interested." See, each one of these tools works as it's submitted to the power that I have and the authority that I have over these tools to make them work. And it's the same way. As Christ is building his church. As Christ is building his church, and, and he's, he's got this unity of the church, and he's got this diversity where each one of us is different, and each one of us has differing gifts and, and differing abilities and differing in many ways. As we submit ourselves to him, to his authority, and as we draw on his power, the church is built. And the church is built in amazing ways. And so what we're going to see today in these two verses we're looking at is that our unity is strengthened by each member using the spiritual gift they have received. So our unity is strengthened as each member uses the spiritual gift. 
As I said, without any one of these tools, I would not have been able to build the birdhouse. Now, I may have been able to build it, but it wouldn't have turned out as marvelously as it did. Um, they're $29.95, if you, no, I'm kidding. So, as you look at this and you see it, and, and you realize that as they come together, it strengthens the unity. Each of us has been given a grace gift. Each of us has been given a grace gift. And we see that in the first part of the verse. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. So we each have a grace gift. Now, we talk of them as spiritual gifts, and that's the common word we use, because a lot of times that's what we've called them. And scripture doesn't necessarily call them a spiritual gift. The reason we call them a spiritual gift is because they come from the Holy Spirit. And so since they come from the Holy Spirit and they're a gift, we call them a spiritual gift. But when you look in Scripture, it actually calls it a grace gift, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. <clears throat> and so as we look at that, we see that, that what a gift is, is it's a, a God-given empowerment. It's given by God, and it's an empowerment that comes into our lives. It's a supernatural ability empowered by the Holy Spirit to display the glory of God and to build the church. So it's something supernatural that's been given to you. It's not to be confused with a natural talent or ability. You see, when you're born, you're given a natural talents, you're given natural abilities, and I've seen some of you use those. You use them in amazing ways, and, and you have these natural talents and natural abilities that you use, and, and maybe you use that to do building, or maybe you use that to do sewing, or maybe you use it to do cooking, and, which is one of my favorite, or you know, maybe there's something else that you're using that natural talent and ability for, and that's given to you at birth. But a spiritual gift or a grace gift is given to you at your spiritual birth when you're born again. And so when you're reborn, as Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. And at that point when you're born again, you're given a, a gift from the Holy Spirit. And it's a grace gift. And so as we look at this, grace gift, the gift is actually the word charisma. And charisma, or plural is charismata, as we look at charisma, the interesting thing about that is when I say charisma to you, what do you think of? And probably you think of, you know, a special magnetic charm or appeal, or, you know, it's like, oh, that guy really has great charisma, right? But that, it's interesting, Scott, I know you're going to find this fascinating, um, that that didn't start happening until 1922. Did you know that? I didn't either. But, you know, I love the Internet for that reason. There's a lot of reasons I don't, but that's something else. So, 1922, a German um, uh, sociologist named Max Weber coined this and started having it mean that. But prior to that, in that word charisma always meant gift and was always used in a, in a religious context. So if you said you have charisma, you would be saying you have a gift, a spiritual gift that's been given to you. And so now as we see charisma, it means something completely different, but not quite. 
because there's still something about it. And that's what the gift is. The gift, charisma, is an example of grace, charis, which the root word of that is chiro, which is rejoice. And so it's interesting that this idea of the gift that you've been given is a cause for rejoicing because it's a dispensation of the grace of God in your life. It's God bestowing his grace in your life and giving you a gift. Our unity is strengthened by each member using the spiritual gift. Each of us has been given a gift. Each of us is to use our gift. Each of us is to use our gift. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. So each one of us is to use our gift or to open our gift, I would say. It's interesting, isn't it? If you think of when you get gifts and maybe it's Christmas or your birthday or whatever the case may be and people come over and they all give you gifts and and you have them there and you're opening them and then there's one there and you figure, ah, I just won't open that one, right? And and you wouldn't, you'd just leave it unopened. Well, if you leave it unopened, you don't get the advantage of, of having that gift come into your life, and you don't get an advantage of using it, you don't, you know, and the person who gave it doesn't get the advantage of seeing you use it. And so to realize that your spiritual gift is that, a gift, but that that gift needs to be opened, and it needs to be used. And, and to use that gift is to come to a place where you realize that it's been given to you so that Christ can build the church. Now, what does that mean? Well, just like here, each one of these tools is used to build this house. Jesus is using each one of the gifts that he's given to build the house, and the house is the church. You're a part of that. You are a part of the church. So the gift you have been given is not just to build others, it's to build yourself as well. You see, sometimes I hear people say, well, I haven't studied enough. I I can't use my gift because I'm not mature enough in the Lord. Your gift has been given to you so that you can mature in the Lord. Okay, so the gift that's been given to you builds the church by building you and then building others, or sometimes building others and that builds you. So as you come to this place where you realize that using the gift, and we've talked about this yeah, several times, but it's this idea of, of, of switching from seeing myself primarily as a consumer to seeing myself as a contributor. Okay, and that's so important because the culture we live in and the day and age that we're in, predominantly what we're being sent as a message over and over again is that we're consumers. But God in his word has revealed that he's designed us to be contributors. He placed Adam and Eve in the garden and said, work it, tend it, take care of it. Okay, and contribute to, to, to society, contribute to culture. When they were taken away to Babylon, God said, build your houses, become a part of the culture there, and, and pray for your leaders. And so there's this idea that God has made us to contribute. But my default is to consume. Because I'm the center of everything that goes on in the world, you know. That was sarcasm for those of you who... No, I'm not, but I feel that way, don't I? 
It's a battle, right, that we face. But to realize it's not about what I can consume. And that even impacts how we get jobs. And, you know, because we look for jobs that will pay us the most so that we can get more and those kinds of things, that's our default mode. But as we release ourselves to God and, and submit ourselves to his authority, we begin to see that, that the reason we've been given the spiritual gift is so that we can contribute to the building of the church. And all of a sudden, it becomes far less competitive for us to use our gifts. So, so you know, as Paul talked to the church in Corinth on gifts in a, in a sister passage here, he, he, he was talking to them because there was this competition for certain gifts and everything else. But when we realize that the reason we're given a gift is to contribute to the building of the church, it starts to get exciting. Because it would be silly, right, if, 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 the, if the drill bit said, I want to do the work of the sander. Uh, that's not going to work. You see? And so that would just be silly because I know what each one of these tools needs to do that can do the best job. And God knows too. You, he takes your natural ability and then gives you this supernatural gift and blends those things together so that the church can be built and the church can be strong and the church can be powerful. As the power of the Holy Spirit flows through each member of the church as we use our gifts. Because you see, our gifts are a manifestation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So we see that our unity is strengthened by each member using the spiritual gift. That's the wrong thing. Each of us has been given a grace gift. Each of us is to use our gift. Stewarding our gift well fuels the mission of the church and brings glory to God. Stewarding our gift well. And for that, we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. And we looked at this a few weeks or a few months ago, actually. Each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory, dominion, forever and ever. Amen. So there's this beautiful truth that we are stewards of these gifts that are given to us. We steward them. They belong to God. He gives them to us, and we use them for him. And as we do that, it fuels the mission of the church and brings glory to God. We talked about this a little bit more in the equipping hour just before the service, but it's this idea that the mission of God, the reason Jesus came was to seek and save that which was lost. The mission of God is to reach into the world and to reach into the world with the truth of the gospel. And so the gifts that we've been given, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that power that's available to us has been given to us so that we can take the gospel into the world. And so that we can make Christ known. And so as Peter talks about it here, he says, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So we care for these, we steward them, and we use them in a way that brings glory and honor to him. Him. 
it's, an, it's, it's so important for us to realize that to steward those requires that we tie into the power of God. And, and I, I believe that where we fall short so many times is that we, we really do do this, okay? Now, we all know how silly this is. Do you know if I'm not careful, this is how I could preach a message? Right? Do you get that? Right? Do you know we can live our lives without the power of God? Or at least convince ourselves we can. I, I can get through my life just fine. I, I'm a smart guy. I can make decisions. I can decide where to live. I can decide where to work. I can decide. I can make all. I, I can decide those things. I can decide all those for my family too. I, I can. I can do those things. I don't have to pray. I don't have to. I. I just. We can do that for for the church. We can just do this, right? We. Do you ever do that? Do you ever do this in your life? But see, when I'm up here and, and, I'm, and I'm doing what the Lord has called me to do, this is what I want happening up here. This is what I'm seeking to have happen up here. See? If you see this happening, get up and get out of here. Okay? Because I got nothing for you that's of any value. This is what you want happening up here. This is what you want happening in your life. This is what we want happening in the church. And for this to happen, we have to be good stewards of the gifts that are given to us. The power that has come to us, we need to steward this well for him. And we need to be using that in such a way that that it becomes apparent and that the mission becomes clear. And we steward those gifts by serving one another and by growing the church. So, Peter here, and there are so many, so many gifts lifted, listed in Scripture, and it can be confusing. And I have 17 minutes left to make it perfectly clear to you. Mm-mm. But I do want to nudge you I do want to nudge you to stop and consider what are you doing to tap into the power that has been given to you, the gift that has been given to you, and how are you using that to build the church? As we look at the gifts, there's 16, 18, 19 mentioned, whatever it may be. I don't happen to believe that's an exhaustive list in Scripture, in the different places where Scripture finds those things. And, and again, I, there's some stuff in the diving in you can look at and, and as well. But I believe that the, that the Holy Spirit empowers people to do the work he knows needs to be done in the church. And I believe he empowers people to do what he needs to those need to be done in general. I think of in the Old Testament where the tabernacle was being built and he empowered, he, the spirit equipped people 
to be able to do the crafts that were needed to be done. And so as we look at that, the Holy Spirit moves supernaturally inside of us for that. And Peter says, listen, be good stewards, whether you have a gift that's, that's spoken and oral or whether you have a gift that's in service. Whichever way that is, whatever you do, do it in such a way that Jesus is glorified and, and, that, and then God gets the glory. And so everything we do is a stewardship so that God receives glory. Now in the passage we're looking at in Romans, it says it, it lists seven different gifts. And it lists prophecy, serving, teaching, exhortation, contributing, leading, and mercy. It lists those seven gifts. And as we look at each one of those gifts, I put an insert in your bulletin, and we'll go through each one of these, and, and maybe as we do that, it'll start to, to um, stir in your heart what, one, what gift you may have. And I understand, even as I say this, that this can all be mysterious, and, and there's a mystery to this. And I believe that that's, that that's good, because they come from the Spirit, and the truth is, unless I'm in tune with the Spirit, I won't be in tune to what the Spirit's trying to do through me. So as Paul begins to list these, he starts with prophecy. And prophecy here that he's talking about is the illumination of truth. It's forth-telling. It's this, this ability to explain God's word accurately, calling people to repent and understand what God is saying. Um, declaring the purposes of God. A person with this gift has a burning desire for the truth of God and for others to see the truth about God so that it could impact and, and impact their lives as it's ex explained accurately. People with this gift tend to see things very black and white, okay? And even as I'm talking about this, maybe you're sensing, oh, that's me, or maybe you're thinking, oh, I know who that is. That's, you know... People with this gift help build the body by maintaining the integrity of God's truth and speaking truth into others' lives. Now, the shadow side of this gift, and each one of these gifts has a shadow side because we still have a sin nature. And so we could, if we're not careful, then what happens is our gift can be impacted by the sin that's in this world. And, and so the shadow side of this gift is that these people can become harsh and opinionated. Okay, have you ever seen that? Somebody who gets really black and white, sometimes they can, you know, be opinionated. They can be insensitive, <laughs> and if not careful, can become proud. Okay, so this gift is a gift that's saying, thus saith the Lord, and, and declaring that. And, and really, you know, they read scripture, and it's like, it's like God is saying, thus saith God, and, and it's just this truth that permeates off the pages, and it, it's very clear for them. So is that you? Do you know someone like that? Serving is the next one. Diakonios, or minister. And this is where truth takes on hands, if you will. It's the incarnation of truth. So it's truth taking on hands. These people demonstrate love while meeting the needs of others. They, they love to serve others so, they can be, so others can be released to minister. And the love of God comes alive in these people as they serve. They can't help but meet the needs of other people. It's just, they, they can't. They walk by and, and they absolutely have to help that person. They, they, they live out the example of Christ. Each of us is to serve, but these people live to serve. 
Okay, so, so they're the people who, when you're walking through the grocery store and somebody's dropped a bottle of something, they're the people who come from eight aisles over to clean it up because they heard the crash and they knew something was going on and so they're there, okay? And so these are the people who serve and people with these gifts build the body by causing us to see how our lives can be lived, lived selflessly because of our knowledge of God. And the shadow side of this gift is these are the people who could be taken advantage of and get overused and feel as though they're all alone or they're not recognized and they can equate their spiritual growth with their level of service. So if I'm serving a lot, I must be more spiritual, and so that can be the shadow side for them. Teaching, this is interpretation of truth. Now, teachers, they love to study diligently, the people with this gift, and carefully, and then give a very detailed explanation. So a person with this gift loves to study the truths of God's word and, and so that the truths can be taught to others and they want to understand truth. So these people are researchers. They just are, are constantly trying to figure out all the different details and all the different things and they'll spend 40 hours on something that, that you and I would maybe spend 10 minutes on, you know, and, and because they want to know every last thing about it and what this person thinks and this person thinks and this person thinks and, and they bring that all together. And people with this gift build the body by helping us understand the deeper levels of truth and help us understand the interpretation and the true meaning of the text. These are people who dive in and then, and then come back with questions that you would never think of. And they're like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I never thought of that. The shadow side of gift is that these people can be too cerebral and focus on facts and statistics and miss the application. Okay, so there could be such a deep desire to find out what it means that you forget you're finding out why you're finding out what it means. And, and they can be so excited about sharing what they've learned that they don't even realize you're in the room. Okay, it's just like, oh, you're not going to believe what I learned, and they're going to start saying all these things. So, uh, so, teacher, do you know anybody like that, or is that you? Exhortation. This is the come alongside and build up or challenge other believers and stimulate their faith. Some people use this as encouragement, exhortation. It's that, it's that combination of the two. And there are people who can be trusted counselors. A lot of the counselors are, are, are people who are, who are gifted with exhortation or encouragement. And they can see ways that, that Scripture can practically help in a situation and use Scripture to help others see where they can change and grow. They come alongside others and have a desire to fix things. They want to fix things. Now, I know someone with this gift, and it's amazing because he'll be meeting with someone and, and he'll, he'll open up the Word of God and show him a verse and, and because this is his area of gifting, that verse comes alive in that person's life and just comforts them and challenges them and, and, and gives them victory in areas they weren't having victory. See, and that's the difference between like biblical counseling and, and plain counseling. Biblical counseling brings the Bible into that. And so people with this gift build the body through their ability to encourage others who are feeling desperate or in despair but also to challenge those who may be acting incorrectly. The shadow side of this gift is people can get really frustrated if, if the people they're talking to don't want to improve or aren't making the efforts that they need to improve, and it can cause them to feel discouraged. Also, another shadow side of this gift is they can offer you help when their help isn't wanted, and so they can, you know, you've got people like that in your life maybe. So, contributing. 
Now, exhortation, anybody you know like that? Is that you? Contributing. The longing to, uh, to give oneself and resources to advance the work of the Lord in the lives of other people. This is giving. This is generosity. And, and so these people love to give. They live to give in many ways. They look for places where God is working and where there's need for practical support. They can be blessed with the ability to make money and budget well so that they have resources to give, but not always. You know, if you consider the widow's might, she gave all that she had. And people with this gift build the body by sustaining ministries, and, and they make it possible for people to have the practical things they need to do. Many times these people can know where to invest financially and, and, and because they do research into this. There's some degree of this as well that's not just financial. It's where can I give? If, if, if you're the type of person who's constantly trying to determine where can I give? Where can I give of myself? Where can I give of my money? Where can I give of my time? Where can I give? And so there's this idea of, of just contributing. How can I give? And the shadow side of this is that people can judge others according to how they spend and can equate spiritual growth with how much has been given. Also, these people can feel very taken advantage of because many times they are. Leadership, it's the ability to oversee the work of the Lord. People with this gift guide the ministries of the church on spiritual paths. So they're, they're the leaders. They're the ones who, who organize, plan, inspire, guide, and, and, and keep the church focused in the direction they're going. They determine goals, and they motivate, and they inspire People with this gift shape the ministries of the church, forming the necessary structures for others to be able to use their gifts in accomplishing the mission. These people are the ones who give overall direction. The shadow side of this gift is that these people can manipulate others and begin to lose sight of the people in accomplishment of the task. Okay, so leaders can get so involved with the mission that they forget that there's people involved, and uh, that can happen. So is that you? Are you a leader? The interesting thing about these, even as we continue to look with one more to look at, these may play out in the church building, but they may play out in your life as you are the, the church sent. You know, we come to make him known or come to know him so that we can go and make him known. So there may be ways that you're that you're leading in another ministry. There may be ways that you're exhorting in other ways that are not necessarily in the church building as, as such. Mercy. This is the huge one in many ways. It's compassion. It's justice. It's, it's the desire to go and extend the love of God to others who are hurting in need. These people absolutely love to extend the love of God to others. They just can't help themselves. They see suffering and they just, everything inside of them. That word compassion means your inner twirl. You're just, there's this, this turning in your very stomach that, you know, and, and it's a reminder of Christ who saw the crowd and had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And so that compassion where it's just, you know, it's the Samaritan on the road and, and it's this idea that when, when people of mercy with this gift, when they see people in distress, they're, they're in their lives. They're caring for them. They're loving on them. They're just in there. They're so sensitive. They can detect feelings. It's like you're in a meeting, and, and you leave the meeting, and, and the person with the gift of mercy says, did you notice how, how Susan was, was not doing well today? And you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And they're like, no, something's really, something's really going on with Susan. You know, and so people with the gift of mercy, they just, ding, 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 
and they have that and they can see it. And, and people with this gift can be overcome, just overcome with this because, I mean, apart from Christ, there's, I don't, you know, there's no way that they can handle all that they see is needed in the world. And so is that you? Is that, is that who you are? Now, I know that I went through these pretty quickly, and, and, and I know that it's not exhaustively either, but, you know, much of this information is influenced by, by things I've read, but one of the things I'd recommend to you is Chip Ingram, Your Divine Design. Um, in the uh, equipping hour for the next three weeks, this week and next two weeks, I'm, I'm going to be teaching on this, but even that won't be exhaustive. But Chip Ingram does a great job in Your Divine Design, which is available on Right Now Media. If you don't have that, there's a way you can connect with that on the back of this brochure. And it's a, a great video series, and he does a wonderful job of unpacking how to detect and how to, how to uh, discover and deploy your spiritual gift, and I would highly recommend stepping into that. But I would also recommend just more than anything, it's relinquishing yourself to the Holy Spirit. It's, it's realizing that you... You, are, you have been given a tool that God is using, that Jesus is using to build the church. And you have been gifted with a tool that will do that. And you have a choice to try to do that on your own or to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. And I would say that the church, the church desperately needs to get plugged into the Holy Spirit. And so first and foremost, the so what? Are you using your grace gift by serving others, but how is it helping you to grow in your worship of the Lord? How is it helping others to grow? And how is it fueling the mission of the church? How is it fueling the mission of the church? In the equipping hour, I talked about how when they saw the people who had been impacted by the Spirit of God, all the people were amazed and astonished. So as people see you using your spiritual gift, as people see the Spirit of God pouring through you, are they amazed and astonished? The world is coming at us full blast. It's like a tidal wave when you really think about it. And, and all of the things that are coming at us, it, it can feel overwhelming. But greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And as I said in the, earlier is we are not just conquerors. You realize it would be great if as followers of Christ we were conquerors, but we're not just conquerors. We are more than conquerors. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. God, thank you for that. Search our hearts, Lord. Help us see where we've just been spinning the drill in our own power where we've been trying to do the things that, that we think you want us to do or need us to do, or where we've been doing things. To, and Lord, you know each one of us, and you know the places that we've said, nah, we don't need your power, we'll do it ourselves. God, forgive us for that. Stir in us where those places are. Remind us that you rescued us so that we can proclaim your truth, and the way we proclaim your truth is by revealing your power. So help us take those gifts that you've given to us that are a manifestation of your power in our lives and help us use them for you and for your glory. We pray this in your powerful name, Lord Jesus. Build this church for your glory.
and in your name. Amen. Amen. May I please ask you to stand and hear God's good word for you today as you head off. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Oh, God bless you. I release you to a week of worship, work, and worship. God bless.